Welcome to episode four. Today we are discussing the enterprise and supply development element of the triple BEE codes. Now, enterprise development and supplier development is one of the three priority elements of the broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Scorecard. The aim here is to strengthen local procurement, enhance local supply development programs, and increase financial support towards black entities. It has been touted as one of the most effective levers of BEE. The big question, of course, is does ESD have the desired impact on black-owned SMEs in South Africa? Joining me in studio for this particular episode on ESD is Ray Ann Cedris, the Chief Transformation Officer at Sanlam, as well as Lita Kuta who is the co-chairperson of the ESD Community of Practice, a man with extensive experience when dealing with ESD. Lisa, in fact, let me start with you. What is this ESD Community of Practice? I know it's been set up recently. I think it was a few months ago in 2023 uh, that it was launched. What is it and what problem is it solving? Hi, uh, let me greet greet you first. Um, The Community of Practice is an attempt to set up a sector body. When you look at the ESD industry, it's a very fragmented, meaning that there are a lot of practitioners who don't have a home. So think of it like CAs have got SACA, who actually regulates their behavior, uh, set up standards for the industry, make sure that the, the CAs have got a minimum standard. So if I contract a CA, I believe in the title because right. I see the CASA, then I can put reliance on their skill set. You know, we don't have that in ESD. Unfortunately, there's a lot of issues around ethical behavior of ESD practitioners. The level of competency of ESD practitioners is not the same. It varies. And there are a lot of reasons um, um, that happens because some of the guys who do ESD are taken from HR divisions, marketing. Anyone can do ESD, basically. They, right. There's no you know, way to actually filter a process of making sure that we've got practitioners. So the committee of practice seeks to professionalize the industry, make sure that we've got uh, regulations, um, that we operate in an ethical manner. We also want to build the industry as a as a uh, career of choice um, for students at a university, you know, um, because many of them don't even know the sector actually exists. But also just build competency um, within the existing network of uh, practitioners, both in public and private sector, so that at the end the 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 SMMEs. And also the investing firms can be guaranteed of the quality of work that they'll get from the practitioners. And lastly is to also allow them to benchmark and just know each other. You know, benchmarking is very critical for them to share, you know, best practice, you know, um, because as ESD, we're trying to figure out how to to solution supporting small businesses. Mm. And some are succeeding, some are not, but we're not even talking to each other. And last point is that there's a lot of... Um, regulation that we need to do um, to make sure that we can be able to speak to government and lobby you know, in terms of when there's any regulation change or policy change, because we are the ones who actually have to execute the the policies and we don't have a voice as, as it is Got now. You. So the Committee of Practice actually provides that. Lovely stuff. And Rayan, you as Sanlam have been supporting the work of the COP. I know that for sure. But just broadly speaking, why does Sanlam believe in the potential impact of ESD as a key lever in achieving real transformation? So we know that SMMEs are going to be the sector that actually helps grow the economy. Um, And ESD is an enabling component um, that aids that SMME. Um, So, and in essence, the SMME to be sustainable needs actually three factors. It needs to have access to market, access to funding, 
Um, and of course, this enabling factor called um, ESD. Um, they need to be able to understand the skills that they require in order to su uh, support their clients and provide services um, in a way that meets the client's expectations. They need to know how to run effective businesses. Um, and as a big insurance company, uh, um, a lot of our SMMEs um, offer on their services on our behalf to our clients. I see. So we have to feel very confident that these SMMEs have the capabilities, and that's why ESD plays a very big component in supporting them um, to be able to deliver on our behalf. Well, then let's paint the picture then of ESD. There's this big corporate, let's use the example of Sandam in this instance, that goes out there, finds qualifying small businesses that it can support in its value chain. But what we've been seeing, Lita, is a couple of criticisms on, on a few elements. The one that I've heard a lot about are SMEs saying, you know, we are tired of being trained. We are tired of this development, quote unquote. You know, just give us work, give us opportunities and we'll do it. And on the other hand, you also have got these um, service providers and you kind of touched on it when you talk about the work of the COP where people are just doing cookie cutter solutions, right? I mean, I did the yeah. same thing for this company. I'm going to do exactly the same thing for the other company. And everybody goes through this program that's exactly the same for every single SMME. What is your view on the claims and some of the criticisms of how ESDM is, is, is actually rolled out out there? What, what's been your experience? They are very fair. These are fair and balanced um, criticism that we get as an industry. Yeah. So one of the key things that is, is problematic, the first thing is the demand from management. Yeah. One of the key things that ESD practitioners are subjected to is the issues around churning numbers. You know, the sustainability reports have to look good. Yeah. You know, if I'm investing 50 million rand, I need to see numbers coming through. Yeah. So management wants to push numbers and also, you know, it's, 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 it's a quite quantity versus quality. And also this comes from boards, which is very fascinating. The other element that has never been looked at is yeah. what's the role of the social ethics committee in right. driving this? Right. You know, because these 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 uh, sustainability are very thick. They they want to see the numbers, how many women, how many youth, how many, regardless of the quality of those entrepreneurs. No one's talking about the quality. No, none, none at all. Why? Uh, I've worked for four listed companies. It's, why, it's, why is that? Surely <laughs> we, that's the whole reason for this. It, it, it's because um, numbers in South Africa matter. It's, it's just we're a, country, we're a country of numbers. Right. We have trained 2,000 people. Sounds compelling than saying, I've trained 10, but these 10 are top-notch in what they do. Rayanne, what's been your experience? I mean, I echo what Lita's saying. Um, I think that's always been my bugbear um, around the fact that we chase um, just spending the, ra the money to invest into these SMMEs because of BE. We want BE points. Um, and the fact is that we don't look at the impact that these ESD development programs are having on those SMMEs, whether they're able to grow their business, whether they're able to employ more people, whether they're getting access to markets. Uh, it's, it's put to the side. Yeah. And the focus is on, on, on spend. Um, unlike at Sunlam, obviously. Of course. Lita. <laughs> yeah, just to just to, to, to add on this, the, the whole issue also is about avoiding doing core business. Yeah. And doing non core. You know, in what supply does that mean? it means that if a company is I'll do an example, if you make tomato sauce, yeah. you need tomato, that's your core. Yes. Okay. But you're gonna do cleaning. Right. You know, it's easy because now you can get a number of cleaning companies, train them, take it the boot camp. I that's see. why there's a lot prevalence of mass based projects. 
you know, doing boot camps or aviation. Yeah. You know, but that's also profitable for the for the service provider. Yes. Because you get one facilitator, you train 20 people exactly. and you can charge 5 million rand for a weekend's worth of work. Yeah, but, but to assist so, a, a tomato farmer, no, that's hard. That's hard because you got to understand the technicality of the variety of the tomato, getting the farm, assessing the <laughs> farm, making sure they use the right seeds and the cultivars and... And so it goes. So there's an avoidance of that. Unfortunately, this also comes the backdrop that the country does does not have is more generic support yes. than specialized support, which is what you'll find when you go to to Asia. For example, if you look at the history of supply development right. in terms of the, the companies like, like Toyota, they were highly specialized. Right. After 50 years, they developed 40 factories. After 50 years, after 50 years, they were Asia was the top export of cars. Right. But they did 40 in South Africa, 40. Hey, it's not a big number. Yeah, but, 1, 4, the, but 140 could actually become a 40 billion rand company. Got you. But you said an accepted Sanlam. He's just painted a picture about how people avoid, you know, transforming at the core of their business, the, the tomato sauce example. You in financial services. Yeah. So why accepted Sanlam? What are you doing differently? That was tongue in cheek. So, so we're not perfect. <laughs> right. We're absolutely yeah. not. I think what helps is that you have. Um, conscious leadership that understand that there is requirements of doing business yeah. as, as a life insurance company but then there's also the responsibility of helping to grow the economy right and that growth can only happen through our SME sector to yeah. be very honest and because they create jobs right? absolutely so in essence um, we've put a lot of effort in trying to move away from brand spent and focusing on impact that needs to be made and I mentioned earlier on this three components that we focus on when it comes to, to um, enterprise and supply development. And um, those three components is, is, is access to market, access to funding, which sits in our core business. Right. Uh, the, the, the actual um, development of that SMME, that's where we look at practitioners to come in. We insource that because right. we're not a development entity, as you right. just mentioned, right. Ether. Um, but we do give um, funding we, that we invest in, in, in businesses. Um, so how do we utilize our core capability to support those SMMEs? How do we utilize our core capability when it comes to procurement? Um, as the largest short-term insurer, which is the biggest procurer in South Africa, exactly. over 20 billion rands worth of procurement on an annual basis, it says that we have leverage and we've got influence. Absolutely. How do we use that? And that's the kind of... Um, thinking um, our leadership is starting to do more and more of. It's not just about, oh, here's the funding, here's yes. the development, yes. and off you go. It's about, okay, so how do we use our procurement capability within this entity that speaks to your business? Yes. And how do we help you and give you that access to market? You know, the one thing I know about business, um, Ray and, and Lita, is that they, they, they understand compliance. You know, businesses invest a lot of money and time and departments, etc. especially in very regulated industries like your own, Rayad. They, they understand that these are the rules and they follow the rules and they try to abide by the rules. Um, so is, is it not possible that part of the reason why everybody's so focused on numbers and reporting numbers is because we are measured on numbers. You know, the scorecard itself says 3% of NPAT. Um, the, 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 the reports are all driven by numbers to Lita's point. How then do we change the behavior to focus on the impact? How then do we say to that tomato sauce company, 
your your impact is going to be rated high if you're supporting tomato farmers as opposed to a generic cleaning service. Not because cleaning is bad, but because you have a unique opportunity. The same point you raise about Sunlight Minute, it's a unique opportunity. You, as this measured entity, have a unique opportunity to empower this particular sector of the, of the economy in a big way. So please focus on that because only you can do that really well. Someone else who's in cleaning, a bit vest, or someone else who does cleaning products will take care of that. How, how do we drive that impact behavior if our measurement isn't impact? The, the, the development of the codes um, assume that p- companies will act ethically and responsibly. Meaning you cannot, if people can't see, the, can't see the issues of the country and develop programs to address it, you can't regulate that. It's either you want to do it or you don't want to do it. Yeah. So if you go back to apartheid, when black people were not allowed to get into, people did it because they enjoyed it and they benefited from it. Yes. There was, there was no regulation on apartheid yes. for the companies to comply, but the compliance was incredible Yes. because people liked it, they associated, they enjoyed it. It might not have been all, but the majority pretty much did. With BEE, it's a complete, because it's a redress program, yes. that comes from redressing what happened before 1994. Yes. People are struggling to actually do it out of their own. The only code, the only element of the code that people are doing it, out of share, they want to do it to CSI, because they've done it before there yes. was regulation. Even if you would stop BE today, people still do CSI. Yes. But with ESD, they don't because it takes opportunities away from their network of people in procurement. Mm-hmm. Right. And secondly, if you do not regulate it, they won't do it. But the issue is that now regulations are being tightened. But you can't regulate impact. If people cannot see why we need to do what we need to do, we're going to have riots like we had two years ago. But people can't see. The numbers show that people can't see, Rianne. So, so that's why regulation seems to be the only logical option. So indeed, Lita, I'd love for everybody to be kumbaya and hug and do the right thing. But the problem is that I can't trust that people will do the right thing. Then so what do I do? Then you regulate even more. That's, that's the only way it, 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 it works in South Africa is that you tighten up, you tighten up, and people complain. But if they did the right thing for the right reason, right. the B is a framework. It wasn't supposed to be a regulation. It was supposed to be a framework to which you do development for society. Yes. And looking at your society around you and doing the right thing. Right? I mean, I'd I'd like to add to that. So, yeah, I think regulation is a good push, um, but you can't keep on pushing. You know, you need to find, and you're saying people, you know, at their hearts of hearts feel that they want to make a difference. They want to change the narrative in this country. You know, it it, it, it will come naturally, but it won't. So, so if I look at, um, you know, the spend around ESD, we separate it from the procurement. We, yeah. we actually don't bind these things together. We don't bind these things together. We separate it. And so in essence, if I think about regulation, I think they must merge these two, regula- these two pieces much more closer. You can only score ESD points. Yeah. If you apply and implement some form of procurement access to market, because that is what's going to that is what's going to break the camel's back here yeah, around um, SMME growth. Let's stay with that regulatory changes. What regulatory changes would you like to see, Lita? I mean, simply split procurement from ESD. Exactly what Ray says. Because you can't see what the spend of companies because they are lumped together. Right. I don't know why they agreed on that. Yeah. That is why you're able on employment equity to see that there is no change because you can see it in procurement. It's the same. In fact. I, I kid you not, procurement mimics employment equity. 
in terms of who spends. Explain. If you if you want to know who this country spends from, see who they hire at management. This, it's back to back. 100% mimics. I don't need any company that I join. I don't need to, to see their... Um, their scorecard on procurement. You just look at the decision makers. That's all because they, they are the ones who decide who they buy from. And they buy within their networks and networks are related to race. Wow. Guys, we're going to have to leave it there. We've run out of time. <laughs> I appreciate your time. It feels like we need a follow-up for this conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ray. And Chief Transformation Officer at Salam and also Lita Kuta, Co-Chairperson of the Enterprise and Supply Development Community of Practice. Join us again, um, of course, next time for yet another installment of the Salam Transformation Gauge Series.